you guys are wonderful. Hey, uh, don't you love current news? Not really. How many love politics? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> well, did you hear? I mean, just to let you know, the guy that wrote the Hokey Pokey passed away. Longest recorded funeral in the history of the world. They put his right foot in. They took his right foot out. Oh, you're in for a treat today, man. Hey, let me give you a couple of announcements. Now, I mean, you remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were, you know, uh, Pastor Kim and I were, were grandparents now. You know, Sam's got a little baby girl, and uh, Aerie is beautiful. And so then we announced that Mal and Justin are having a baby. Isn't that cool? I mean, and so, you know, and Mal's actually, you know, starting to, you know, she's, and she's just little, and. And uh, she said, it's official, I got a baby thingy now. And I'm like, it was official before, you just hit it well. So, but you know what's cool is the church is growing, but I got another announcement. You ready? Somebody else is having a baby, and it is Jay and Amy. I'm telling you what, this baby is almost a decade in the making and coming, and we're just awesome. God is just so faithful. We're so excited. They, they told us the, the news, and we were just, I mean, woo, it was just so great. And their family is all excited, and, and this baby's been believed for for years. And so we're excited. We rejoice with them. God is just doing some amazing and amazing things. So it is awesome. I want to encourage you to make sure that you're here with Pastor Gary. Uh, if you can share all of that on Facebook, you can get with the, the church or call the church. Or we can give you the post or copy it off the Facebook page or however you do that with media. Share that with as many friends as you can. Let's pack this place out. And then Easter Sunday, I challenge you, I challenge you, bring some people. Not, I mean, bring people that don't come. You don't have to bring them from another church, obviously. But, I mean, they don't go to church somewhere or your neighbor or whatever. Did you know the statistics say 82%? 82% of people will say yes if you ask them. That's pretty high. You know, and here's the thing. If they say no, okay, they said no. Go on. Move on. You're still coming, right? They're watching you. I mean, this is not, a, it's not personal, but you just... If you have a relationship with them and you're a neighbor or just say, hey, just, you know, hey, just come, man. It's, it's pretty cool. You know, some people ask, how, they've asked me, how long's your service? And generally our services are 60 to 70 minutes. And I said, it's pretty painless, really. <laughs> I mean, you come in and uh, you get a gift and, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all good. And we're all about just telling people about Jesus Christ. But, you know, the world is looking for people like you and like me that have fruit. The Bible says that we are a peculiar people. Some of us maybe more than others. But if we, if we act like everybody else and we have the same thing that everybody else, and all, if we have no way to overcome what all of the other stuff is going on in the world, then, you know, really, what, what draw is there to the kingdom? If you are a believer and you walk around just like, oh, I just can't wait till Jesus comes, you just keep doing that because I don't want that. I don't know about you, but I want to live my life. I want to live fun. I want to live responsibly, respectfully, but I want to enjoy my life all along the way. And I think God wants you to do that. I think the fruit of a believer should be that people are like, man, what is happening? 
they just are not either they don't seem affected or god just keeps doing this stuff for them how's that happen i'm telling you we are living in a world where people want answers they want answers and they want to know how you got them so that's why we're talking about today what happens in the meantime what happens we've all been disappointed how many have ever been disappointed you're praying for something and it just hasn't happened or this or that or didn't happen the way you thought and this and I just ah! god i've been praying for this why is this not happening what happens in the meantime from the time that you say it to the time that it shows up and some of you are like oh there's that part i've never seen that part i've only had the part where you say it I'm going to give you some things today that hopefully will help you. And in that time frame, in that time frame that if I could change some of the things that you would maybe be thinking about and just to tweak those a bit and you could start seeing results, would you do them? In the meantime, I think everybody wants answers. Everybody wants their prayers to be heard. Everybody wants results. But we've been brought up wrong. The church has not done its job. We have been legalistic and ritualistic or whatever, religionistic. I don't even know if that's a word, but it sounds fun. Religionistic. <laughs> well, I want to say hi real quick before I get any further to the people that are watching online. We love you. Thanks for watching. And uh, God is going to do some stuff. And I hope that you enjoy where you're at and that God will just touch you right where you're at. So we've been learning some of this stuff in the wrong way. We've been taught that God does what he wants, when he wants, and he's God, and he just does this and that, and we have no say or no control over any of that. Now, we do not control God, but how many knows that God set, the, he set everything in place? But we've been taught that it's just, well, it's just God's will. God knows best. Well, sir, sure he knows best. He's God. But we have a part to play. How many knows that we have to do some stuff to enjoy the best? I mean, if we don't do our part, it's just kind of, we have authority, but we've been taught that God answers three ways. Yes, no, and wait. Or can be translated as maybe. When you were growing up, you knew who to go ask, your mom or your dad. You knew how to play that, didn't you? I knew how to play that. I love my dad, but I didn't ask my dad for a whole lot. I went to my mom. I knew when my dad came home, I knew what time he came home. I could hear his truck miles away. I'd go ask my mom, and my mom would say something that you guys, if you grew up in the era I did, you probably are used to it. Let's wait and let me ask your father. No, because dad will say no. So we've been taught this, that God just says, and we think in our mind, God arbitrarily just goes, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless them, I'm going to bless them. Ah, today, why not? I'll bless them. That's not how he works. And if we believe that, that's why we get a fruitless, disappointed prayer life. We've been taught that, oh, he's just teaching us a lesson. He put this sickness on us just to show us something. That's wrong. God doesn't put sickness or disease on you. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, not God. God came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. He came that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions prosper. If we could grasp the, the depth of God instead of putting man's twist on it, oh, my word. 
That almost makes you want to work your neck. Oh, my word. God found and, and put together. It's his word. It's God. It, it doesn't change. Hebrews says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Maybe you're saying, Brett, I've been waiting a long time. It's just a battle. The enemy is good at wearing us out. He just pushes us down and, you know, just beats on you and beats on you and beats on you and beats on you and just continues to pour it on just so that you cannot accept what God is doing or expect or believe anything will work. Sometimes we come to church because we know we're supposed to be here, but it's just an exercise. I just need to come. We put on our church face, you know. Many of us get saved again as soon as we hit the parking lot. <laughs> when you're getting your kids ready, you get up and get to church. I'll tell you about the love of Jesus. Get your butt in the car. <laughs> you get to church, bless God. I love Jesus. Uh, so, you know, we understand life has got challenges. But how do we get through some of this meantime stuff? Matthew 18, 19 says, I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask my Father in heaven, he will do it for you. Turn to your neighbor and say anything. Does God mean that? I mean, if his word says anything, is anything anything? Or is anything something? But he is talking and telling us, do you believe me? The prayer of agreement is one of the most powerful tools God has given believers. Jesus himself guaranteed it would bring results every time. You see, the problem is we don't really believe the word to be just what it says. We just like, yeah, it'll work sometimes. If, I guess if God's in a good mood, he, he might do it. If I catch him in a good time, that's not what it says. That's not what he means. It's so powerful when a husband and wife come into agreement in a marriage. You might be saying, that can't happen in my house. My husband's not saved or my wife's not saved or I'm single. I'm not, okay, if you can't come into agreement with a spouse because you don't have one, you can still come into agreement with another believer or you can come into agreement with the word. You can come into agreement with God. You can come and say, God, if you said it, that settles it. There's people that will say, well, you know what, that settles it. Well, whether you believe it or not, it doesn't make it so. God said it, that makes it so. It's not whether you believe it. You can tell me all day long, I don't believe in gravity, Brett. After church, I'll get you a ladder. You go up on top of the roof and jump off. We'll see who believes. <laughs> Whether you believe gravity's there or not, you're going to fall. <laughs> so we have to understand there are laws. There's laws in the kingdom that we cannot change. The word is true, always true. There's no variation in it, no shadow of turning. In other words, there's not one letter, not one word, not one, anything is wrong in the word of God. Nothing. Maybe you've been praying and you've been like, I've been agreeing, but it doesn't seem like anything's happening. I would encourage you to, I'll show you what I, what I do, but I would encourage you to keep doing what you're supposed to do. Jay and Amy are living proof today. Of staying with something and believing when everything says it's not going to happen. When the doctor says, you can't have a baby. When all of these things happen, she can say, well, I got these little things seem to say different. I don't know how they were well, little lines or marks or something. I know she was telling me, she said, I looked at that and went. 
You know how many times in almost 10 years she probably looked at one of those? And then look at that and go, Jay, Jay! (laughs) And he's probably like, what is it, baby? (laughs) (laughs) Hebrews says faith and patience bring the promise. Patience. Patience. How tough is patience? Sometimes it's easier to talk about faith as long as it happens like that. But if i got to wait for it, that means patience. While you're believing, what you're waiting for, oh, it's just a matter of time. But in that time, what you do is very important. In the meantime, what are you doing? 1 Kings 18, 42 and 46. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, bowed low to the ground, prayed with his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go and look out toward the sea. The servant went and looked and returned to Elijah and said, I don't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, the seventh time his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. And Elijah shouted. Now, he's, he's excited now. He said, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot, go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. Let me just say, and I didn't say this in first service, but when Elijah tells him this, had it rained yet? Had it started yet? It had not. But he had already prayed and believed and received, and then when the cloud appeared, he's like, oh, man, it's coming. We already knew it was coming, but whew, he's not going to make it. Better tell him to hurry. If you don't hurry, it said the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with clouds, heavy wind, brought a terrific rainstorm, and Ahab left quickly to Jezreel. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. I love this. We talk about Marvel superheroes now. This is God in the Bible doing stuff. This is like, this is the phone booth kind of thing. This is like, dun, dun, dun. this is Spidey in his costume. This is Thor in his hammer. This is Hulk, me Hulk. This is all that stuff. This is wrapped in there. And he, God said he came on him. And, and this dude puts his whatever cloak into his whatever and outruns a horse. Ooh, that's pretty good. And he beats the horse to where they're going. And this is what it says. And soon the sky was black as cloud. In the new, in the, that's the new living. In the New King James, it says, now it happened in the meantime. So in the time between what they called for and the time of the rain, in the meantime, he was already exercising faith and heading because it was about to gush. In the meantime, that sky became black with clouds. There was a heavy rain. The hand of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I'd love to have the hand of the Lord on me all the time. I'd love to just say, like God said, you, can you imagine? Think of all the things in the Bible that God just said. Watch this. I mean, just Samson. Yeah. You see that bone? Yeah. Pick it up. Okay. Could you just, I mean, all of these things are just so cool. People that are crippled, just put your hand out. I can't put my hand, put it up. Okay. All of the cool things that God could do. He can do anything, but he goes according to his book. So when we're believing and waiting in the meantime, here's our first thought. If you've been waiting and something's not happening, I've got a checklist for you real quick. Here's number one. Check your home. Look at your home life. What's it like? 
You might be saying, PB, you, you don't want to know. Okay, but that's a reason. Strife and confusion and anger, all of that in your home. How many like coming home to a refuge? One thing I love about my home, my wife makes our home. I just love the way she decorates. I love the way the home smells. I love the way the home looks. I like going to the home. I don't mind going to the home. I like it. It needs to be that way. But if your home life, now you might say this, well, is if it's just in the decorating, I'm not talking about where the furniture, I mean, that's nice, yes. But I'm talking about the presence in the home. The spirit of the home. Is it just turmoil? Is it constant or constant? <laughs> constant bickering? You know, remember the honeymooners? I said that last week when we talked about blabbermouth. Remember that? The honeymooners and he dogs come home and yell at Alice. You know that's how the Flintstones got birthed? Think about it. Fred and Barney. I forget what the guy's name is. Ralph Cramden and... The other guy. Hey, Ralphie boy. Yeah. That's, that's how the Flintstones came out of that. But, you know, that, that atmosphere, everybody wants to come home to something that's nice. It doesn't mean everything has to be perfect. But if your home life is full of strife, if it's full of confusion, Matthew 18, 19 says it can be, it, it needs to be harmonized like a symphony. Have you, have you ever seen an orchestra tune up? And everybody's doing the same thing, different instrument, and they're all trying to plunk, plunk, plunk. Everybody's doing that until the conductor gets up here and goes, tap, 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 tap. And then when they start playing, everything is in sync. Everything then moves to the same. They're all looking at the same thing. It's flowing in the same direction, and it makes a beautiful sound. That's what your home should be like. Now, our home isn't like that all the time. You don't come to my house, and it's not a symphony every day. I mean, we're human just like anybody else, but I'm saying, but we work at keeping that peaceful, keeping strife out, keeping harmony. The same is true in prayer. When we agree together in prayer, we start, see, that's agreement. That's not saying, okay, I'll agree this, I'll agree that. You can, you can, as long as you're agreeing for something, you can agree for something different, but meaning for the same thing. Does that make sense? Let me, let me give you an example. Um, Pastor Drenda told Pastor Gary, you know, you need a big buck for your wall. You need a, a trophy mount. Pastor Gary's like, okay. And he, but he'd been living at his house for five or six years, and he had never seen a big buck in his woods. And he's got over 55 acres. I've hunted his woods. 55 acres, and they're beautiful acres. But he's only seen like eight point as the biggest he's ever seen. And she said, I'm going to believe for a trophy buck. And he put on a check. This is a true story. Put on a check. He said, I'm going to believe, okay, for a 10-point, which is just two points above whatever the biggest size he saw. I'm going to believe for a 10-point. And he went to mail it, and he, he didn't have a piece. He wasn't in faith. Have you ever been there? He just couldn't. He's just, and I'm just being honest. He, he, he just said, I just didn't have it. He said, I ripped the check up. He said, I just, and I told Dorinda, he goes, I don't have the faith for that. I want to have the faith for that, but I don't. So he wrote out a check for a four-point or bigger. And this is what Drinda said. Check this out. I love this because this would remind me of Kim. Drinda said, okay, you believe for the deer. I'll believe for the trophy. So they're pointing in the same direction, 
but her faith was saying, you're going to get a trophy buck. And he's saying, okay, I'll agree with you that I'm getting a trophy, but I don't have the faith that I'm going to believe I'll get the deer. So he goes out, and just as, as he's, he, he could teach you, but just as I teach you these same principles, a four-point comes right by a stand. Why is it a four-point? It's what he believed for. It's what he sowed for. It's what he believed for. Four-point comes by. He nicks the deer, doesn't kill it. No hunter likes to do that. The deer takes off. He spends the next couple hours trying to find it. He can't find it. He followed a blood trail for a while, and then it just disappeared. He can't find it. And he sets, he reloads his bow again, and he says this to the Lord. Lord, you have helped me redeem any situation. I'm sorry I missed. I, I, you know. And he said he was really discouraged. And he said he went, followed this trail to another part of his property he had never hunted before. And he heard this rustling by the marsh, and up jumps this big deer. Now, he spent two hours trying to find the four-point, and he can't find it. 55 yards, shoots one shot, he was ready, because he said he felt the spirit of God, shot one shot, dropped the deer like that, 27 points. And he said, when he went over to the deer, he, was, he said he walked over, he starts looking at this rack on this deer, and I think the whole time he's like, <laughs> first thing he says, he goes, Drinda's deer. It's important to be in agreement. It's important to be facing the same thing. And, and, and sometimes I'll draw on Pastor Kim and she'll draw on me and she'll say, I need you to pray. And I'll pray because right now she's, come on, in the meantime she's been beaten down. Or maybe I've been beaten down. But thank God when you're together with someone, you're an Aaron or a her, you can grab their arms and say, I got you covered. I'll take what you can't take. Wait, just wait and see what God will do. But you got to understand, this drama Easter is going to knock your socks off. You need to get everybody here. These students are working really hard, but that's what it's about. It's about getting beaten, taken from the enemy until you've had enough and you give it back to Jesus. And he comes and says, I got this. And he took it all for you. Man, it's going to be powerful. So you get the Holy Spirit and you, you pray and you get in agreement or you get in agreement with God if you're... If you feel like you're just living this life yourself, quit fussing and fighting. 1 Peter 3, 7, in the same way you husbands give honor to your wives, treat your wife with understanding, and as you live together, she may be weaker than you are, but she's your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, your, so your prayers will not be hindered. So you, you got to understand, all of that stuff in your house, if you can't get that right, it stops your prayers from getting answered. Our second thought today is believing God's word. The prayer of agreement should be based on the word. So when we pray, we base it on the word. You see, people will base their prayer on an action. And if action doesn't happen and they don't get their answer, then they say, well, God's not, he's not in the office today. He's busy. He's out. He must be doing another call. Aren't you glad his line's never busy? But here's what this, this is what this says. Check this out. James 5, 14 and 15 says, Are any of you sick? You should call for the, you don't have the scripture for this, guys. I threw this in um, last night or this morning. I don't know. Um, call the elders of the church. Come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you'll be forgiven them. People get their mind set on the action well, the only way I'm going to get healed, you know, they're going to have to call for these, and if they, they'll lay hands on me, then I'll get healed. 
Is that, does that work? Well, sure, it, it says it works. Why does it work? Because the word says it does. So people will get their mind built on, I, if somebody didn't lay hands on me, I can't get healed. But there's, there's scripture that says that you, you don't have to have that to get healed. But do you understand, it, has, it works because the word says it works, not because of the action to do it. The action to do it is just following what the word says. Does that make sense? Are you with me? So when we, when we believe the word, whether you believe this or not, just like gravity, it's a law, it works. So if you don't believe it, it's not going to change. Now, it might not work for you because you're not in agreement with it. We, the word says, whatever the word says, that is the fact, Jack. Let's keep going. So we got to find scriptures that cover our request. What does God say? So if we're going we're gonna to believe the word, what Revelation 12, 11 says, they, they defeated him. You know who him is? The enemy. They defeated him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony that they did not love their lives so much that uh, they were afraid to die. So what word are you standing on? When you get into the word of God... You start getting that word in you and you start saying, you know, I've got this need. I have this. I have, this has got to happen. You need fruit from that because there's people that need to find out that God is a God that does supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. Come on, somebody. Not just because you said it, because the word said it. I'm just in agreement with the word. You know what a sign is? A sign is something that's bigger than you. So point to what's bigger than you. God, his word. When people say, how did that work? The word. So I find a word. If you got some things that, you, God, I need you to help me with this. I need this need met. My God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 19. So I'm going to put that word on that. Numbers eleven twenty three. his arm is not waxed short. He's able to meet all my need. I'm going to put that word on that. Brad, I'm so afraid. Psalm 118, 6. I will not fear. The Lord is on my side. I'll put that word with that. What's that mean? That means that every time, every time that comes up to me, I'm going to go back with what God said. I'm going to go back with the word because the word is what will defeat the enemy. Because of my blood covenant relationship with Jesus. How many knows his word doesn't come back void? So here's our third thought. We're going to think on that word. You got to think on it. Let's let it just run around in your mind. Think about, well, I don't know. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what the giant looks like. I don't know what the mountain is. But start thinking on that, man. Not the mountain, on the word. The enemy wants you to get on the problem, not the promise. But you're going to get on the promise. You're going to get on the word and not the mountain. Because the mountain will move at the word. When you are full enough of the word... Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The mountain will respond to the word. Not my word, but his word. And it just so happens, if you're a believer, you are an authorized agent to say the word. Ding dong. <laughs> Avon calling? No. The word is calling. I must go to the word. 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. You got to hear yourself say it. You got to, whatever you are, if you're tired of the meantime, we, you know, sometimes our meantime takes a long time because we make it take a long time because we're not doing anything to fight. We're just letting the enemy pound on us, and eventually we're thinking, he's got to get tired sooner or later. Dear God, you know, this is my, this is my analogy of that. I want him to go, I never should have picked a fight with him. Because it's on. you going to pick with me? Uh, let me make it even plainer. I'm going to use my wife again. <laughs> yeah. You mess with somebody else, she's not going to like it. You mess with the church, that's going to make her upset. You mess with me, she's really not going to like it. You mess with her kids, you are about to see Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee. You know what I'm saying? It is one of those, when have you had enough? Think about what God is saying. If you're more than a conqueror, isn't it time you had fruit for that? Isn't it time you started saying, you know what? Instead of giving the enemy a high five like this, give him one like this. He's under your feet. Isn't it time you started telling him, you get off me. You get off my kids. You get out of my house. You get off my finances. You get away from anything I've put my hand to. God is by my side and he has given me power to declare you gone. Bring every thought captive. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. That's what the Bible is saying. Man, if it's not from God, shelf it, man. Take it captive. Throw it back to Jesus. Let him deal with it. Take care of it, God. I don't, I don't even mess with that. Here's our last thought for this morning. I love this one. Act as if it's done. So in the meantime, what are you praying for? Act as if it's, I, I used to, I could have been on the Food Network on a wine show because I whined to God so much. <laughs> for real. Oh God, we can't do anything. We're tired not having any money to do anything. God, I wish we'd go on vacation. God, I, I, I. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I think after a while he's just like, oh. I would whine to him about stuff. We, we want to go someplace, but we can't. We don't have any money. God loves you. He loves you so much, he won't let you stay the same. He didn't say like, listen to me, Brett. It's going to be okay, you big boy. He didn't give me anything like that. You know what he gave me? Be quiet. You don't even save a dollar. Well, thanks. You make no plans to do anything you're talking about. He's right. We weren't saving anything. And he said this to me. He said to my wife, you don't even save a dollar. You know what he said to me? You don't even have an account to put money in to save. Okay. So you know what I did? I went to the bank the next day and said, I need to open up an account. What's it take to open this account? And they told me, and that's what I put in, the minimum. Because that's all I had. And we probably scraped that together. Have you ever scraped stuff together? We came home from Michigan one time and we were driving a 76 Mercury Cougar. 
that we anointed with oil about a quart every week or so. I mean, we, we, came home, we came home on a song. I'm not kidding. We took a wrong turn in Toledo. When you're coming from Michigan, there's just kind of confusing right there. We didn't have enough gas. I mean, we were praying, oh, Holy Spirit, send angels, spit in our tank, do something. I don't know how we were going to get home. True story. She's right here. She can tell you. This is what happened. We rolled in front of our house out of gas. We pulled into a gas station just inside Ohio. A dollar and 36 cents. I took in there in quarters, pennies, and dimes and nickels. We found them in the seats and said, I need to get some gas. Okay, prepay, dollar 36. People like, Man, when we rolled in front of our house, we were like, thank you, Jesus. Because we thought, I thought, here I am. I'm going to take my wife on a vacation that we couldn't believe we'd have. And here we're going to run out of gas. Right? But we got to home. He's so good. But when you start acting as if it's done. When he told me, go. And so I got a savings account. And now we've been able to put money in it. We've been able to travel. We've been able to do things. And more things are coming. There's things, Lord, I'm believing for this. And he'll like, if you're believing for it, make room for it. Act as if it's done. Faith without works is dead. Act on your faith. Actions speak louder than words. Don't go in your prayer closet and proclaim how good God is and then walk out and then wring your hands. Oh, my God. Blessing and cursing out of each. This should not be. Hold fast to what you're saying. James says if you're double-minded, you get nothing. Speak the desired end result. That's what you're going to talk You're going to talk the end thing. What you believe, you've prayed for. What you believe, you've prayed for. Thank you, Father, that we are completely debt-free. But, Brett, you're not. I'm speaking the end result. Come on. Six of you understood that. How many knows life is a journey? You're going to have to walk this out with your faith. Abraham had to figure this out, and, and God said, you've dwelt here long enough. Go ahead and take off, and... Okay, you know, sometimes you do stuff, you're just following the Lord. He's looking for people that will follow him. He's looking for people that will trust him. He's looking for people in the meantime that keep their profession and confession great. Do the actions necessary that fit your request. Refuse to act like the issue's a problem anymore. We got to get better at that. If you believe that God settled it, then quit bringing it up and... Quit acting on it. Hebrews 4.14 says, Seeing then we have a great high priest that's passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Your confession and profession. What you say all the time? What do you say when you're not being churchy? Do you, I mean, do people change the way you talk? If you're around somebody, I know people like that. They'll talk one way and somebody else comes up, then they talk another way. You know what I'm saying? They were one way, um, you know, and then they're kind of a chameleon. But if you're keeping the same profession, you just keep it. Sometimes you just maybe you don't need to say anything besides what is the end result. Keep your, a professional person is one who devotes himself to that particular occupation. The professional, an athlete that he doesn't do it part time. He does that all the time. That's his profession. That's what he does. And so our confession should match. If we're going to be a Christian, do you know this? Listen to check it out. Part-time Christians don't get full-time benefits. Think about that. If we're going to profess and confess to be a Christian, let's be one.
You see that on signs sometimes. You know what the best vitamin is if you're a Christian? B1. That's pretty cute, but it's true. A prof oh, okay. Well, I already said that. I, had to, I forgot to scroll my notes up. <laughs> so we got to speak. Profession with our mouths and our actions. They got to work together. Jesus said, whatever you say unto this mountain, and do not doubt in your heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. Notice he said those things. He didn't say the thing, those, I don't know what your thing is, but whatever those things are, whatever the thing is, whatever it is, you're going to have to speak to that, and you're going to have to speak the word. You're going to have to get strife out of your home. You're going to have to just start then believing on the word. No matter what it looks like, no matter how wore down you've been, that's where on Christ the solid rock I stand, all the other earth is sinking sand. I know that's a song, but the principle's true. You have to stand on something that's greater than you. Stand on something that doesn't fail. Stand on something that doesn't move. Stand on something that will stand the test. Did you know in all of this time, nobody can disprove this Bible? People that tried, they were atheists. They're not anymore. They're believers. Everything we do all day long should be an answer to the mountain. Let the mountain hear all day long. What do you say when you first get up in the morning? I know that's kind of scary. <laughs> I got off on the wrong side of the bed. Well, get back in, roll out the other side then. I don't know. What do you talk to the mountain like when nobody's there? Or do you just get, I put on my spiritual self when I get spiritual people around. Or do you talk to the mountain all the time? You shall not come near my dwelling. That's your profession. That's your confession of faith. That's what I'm talking about. It's not put on. It's just part of who you are. We go to the word. We get the promise that applies. We meditate it. And we think about it, and then it becomes part of us. We say it over again. We put it on post-it notes. We stick it on the mirror when we're shaving or brushing our teeth. You know, you can brush your teeth and say Psalm 91. It's kind of fun with your mouthful of toothpaste, but try it sometime. You know, just, just, just stuff that just starts getting inside you, and you'll find yourself in times repeating the things that you know that God has put in there. Then the hope of God will rise up inside you, and you'll start acting and speaking strength and power. And pretty soon your faith will rise up, and you won't have these issues. When you speak the word of God with real faith, let me tell you this, mountains move, fig trees die, the devil runs for cover, oil multiplies, fish and bread multiply, waters part, dead rise and live, ears open and hear, lame walk, blind see. It's all about us believing what God said and speaking it out and declaring, God, you have called me to greater things than this. Talk to your problems in faith. Speak the desired end result. And then start offering thanksgiving and praise to the Lord. Thank him for the answer. Matthew 18, 18 and 20. I tell you the truth. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I also tell you this. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask my father in heaven, we'll do it for you. For where two or three gathered as my followers, I'm there among them. So when people ask you, hey, what about that? Oh, I heard you had this or that or whatever this problem was. I'm just giving you some ideas. You could say, hey, this issue's handled. I'm in agreement with my spouse. If you don't have a spouse, I've, I've came to, the Lord gave me a scripture on that. I'm in agreement with that. God is honoring that agreement. And as far as I'm concerned, that problem is behind me. It's behind us, behind me. The prayer of agreement works. 
So if you're not seeing results, then I want you to check some of these things. I want you to say, is there strife in the home? Is there this? Go through this checklist. Are you unforgiving in your heart? Do you have to forgive some things? People don't think that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Well, they hurt me. Okay, forgive them. Let God deal with them. I always wondered this, the Spirit of God, I mean, the Bible says it so I know it happened. The Spirit of God led Jesus in the wilderness once he got baptized. Remember the story? We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, in a couple weeks, we're going to do Glow in the Dark series. Everybody's going to get one of these wristbands if you want one. True Life Church, Live Life on Purpose. It glows in the dark. It's pretty cool. I play with it at night. (laughs) I'm just a big kid. But, you know, here's what happens. The Bible says that God put Jesus in the wilderness to test him. And and and, and you're almost like, why why would God do that? Now, I want you to hear me because you need to understand this to realize why the word is so true. Because Adam was given authority on the earth. And who did he give it to? He gave it to the enemy. Because the enemy came and, and tempted Adam and tested Adam. And Adam gave that authority to him. And you know the story. So Jesus had to go through that so he could take that authority back for you and me. So now we have the high priest that knows. So that's why that authority now has been passed to you because Jesus, that's when really everything started happening. He got baptized and he goes out there for 40 days and the enemy tried to make stone turn into bread and go up to this mountain. If you cast yourself off and you can worship me and all that. And Jesus said, it is written, it is written, it is written. He did just what I'm telling you to do. He said, look, I'm not doing that. I'm going to start putting action with my words. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to get my, my mind and myself planted on the word of God. Because Satan is the God of this world. So Jesus had to come in and get those keys back. So you and I could bind and loose. You and I have authority. Man, that's good news. That is good news. Jesus stayed in agreement with God in heaven. Satan tried to get him out of agreement. And that's what he's doing with you. He's just trying the same old scheme. He wants to get you out of agreement with what God has told you. I mean, I don't have time right now to go on. People, we, we, we've got this thing all wrong. We make our own deductions of this and that about Jesus and about this and all that. But the kingdom of God is bigger than what you even know. It's bigger than sometimes we can understand. I don't understand it all, but boy, I'm thanking God I'm learning. But if we'll stand in it and stand in agreement, it's crazy amazing. It's crazy amazing. I don't have power to do the stuff that God does. I'm just the jumper cable. I'm just the cord that attaches to the power source, that attaches to the dead thing that goes. And people go, I need Pastor Brett to pray for me. No, Pastor Brett will pray for you. That's only because Pastor Brett was connected to the power source. The answer came from him. I just got used in the. In the transition. Well, that went well. (laughs) The enemy wants you to give up territory. Don't do it. I challenge you today to keep your confession and your profession. What What are you facing? What have you been waiting for in the meantime? I mean, there's things I've been challenged to do. 
I want you to listen. Sometimes I've sewed for stuff. And I'm not talking about gold plumbing or that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about stupid stuff. I'm just talking about answers and, and provision. And, and sometimes there's wants. God, I would just love to have this. Or I would love, you know, when I go deer hunting, this Pastor Gary says he doesn't hunt deer, deer hunt him. I'm like, God, get me to that spot. But literally, when I go hunting, I get a deer. As long as I have my faith intact, I get one my wife can tell you since I've been doing it this way. And this year, I got one, sowed my seed and got it. And I mean, by the time I, I, I had my agreement and I decided what I wanted, I went out and then I said, you know what, Lord, I'm not, I want, I just want this. And I said what I wanted in less than five minutes. I had what I wanted. It was just, I'm just like, Lord, you're amazing. Why? Now, and it's not because I'm anybody. I don't want you to think I'm all that in a bag of chips. I'm, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying because I'm telling you what I do. I believe and I do not doubt. I have the fruit from it. I act as it's already done. And it happens. So in my meantime, that's my profession. That's my confession. What are you confessing? Do you pray one way and then speak doubt and unbelief? And then why is your meantime this long? Maybe it should only be like that. Other times, there is timing. I don't have an answer really why almost nine years or so went by. But you know what? There's been things in their life that we've already thought of. Like, oh my word, he just got a promotion. They just got a new house. You know, and, and before it was kind of like, I don't know, that maybe they're inside were saying, now we're ready. It's just like everything's fit together. But we rejoice with them. Where are you at today? Have that Superman moment. Have that Marvel hero moment. Now Captain Marvel. I just found out this year. I didn't even know that. Captain Marvel's a girl. <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm a superhero guy. I never knew Captain Marvel was a girl. I never followed Captain Marvel. I'm, I remember saying, I think I told Ron, I said, Captain Marvel's a girl. They made her a girl. And he goes, she's always been a girl. That's how much I know. <laughs> have that Captain Marvel moment. Have that Superman moment. Have that Spider-Man moment. Have that whatever that is. To say, God, you know what? I'm tired of this thing overtaking me. Because of you living in me, I got power. And it's, it's power given to me by Jesus Christ. And we're going to talk about that on Easter. But man, you got the stuff. Why don't you tell this mountain, make your meantime. Make, make the enemy sorry he's ever messing with you and start putting him on the run. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please?